3: 971 FM Talk
4: Podcast.
2: Alright, I just made a last minute call
4: here. We're gonna change the music for the opening here. That might have been Do you think this is a little better fitting for today? Oh yes. Slip,
3: slide, and away.
4: You know, I indicated this, uh, every day I do this little uh, teaser promo, they call it. I think officially we call it something else. I don't know. Fred, what do we call that thing? They just make me say something into it's, a microphone that will air during Annie's yeah, show every it's day. It's a little
3: teaser promo. That's what I call it, yeah, teaser that's promo.
4: It. That's like this official broadcast lingo. don't want to lose the audience, so I just want to make sure that people understand. And I said in that, and Mike Elam just commented, because I, I really, I guess I have the uh, talk show host responsibility to talk about the presidential race and Ron DeSantis <laughs> and all that failure. But really, the number one thing that people are talking about is that damn fire truck in Imperial that was spinning around. And I mean, stuck the damn landing on that house this morning. I don't care what people say. That was on purpose. There's no way that that was accidental and the ice caused it. That dude just spun that car around or that truck around and went right into the uh, driveway of the house. And if you haven't seen it, you can see it on the Twitter. I have tweeted it at Mark Reardon KFTK. Sue, I know you're with me on this, right?
5: Oh, I, I have yet to see it. I'm you haven't seen have. it? It's uh-uh. pretty addictive. It, it's Once honestly, you
4: it. when you look at it, it is addictive, and people have been you know, talking about it all day long, and we're going to get Dave Murray on here and talk about our forecast, so as we look for the video, let me welcome Dave. And Dave's probably even seen that video. Have you seen what I'm talking about, Dave Murray? I have not. I'm with Sue. I have not seen uh, it. It's just a oh, short video. Oh, Dave.
5: Oh, sorry. I just watched it. It's Holy a cow. a
4: big, ginormous <laughs> fire truck that is going up a little bit or coming down a little bit of a hill, which looks like um kind of a cul-de-sac that meets from another street it just does a 180 and it pulls yeah. and then it pulls forward into a driveway of a house after it clips a big blue car and luckily i don't think anyone was hurt but we have the who do we have coming up here at 4 freight uh,
3: we've got the fire chief of uh rock
4: community fire district uh or imperial yeah they're in it's in, in it's the imperial Ken area well, and I knew, Dave, you know, based on your forecast, you joined us last week and we were taking a close look at this. I have the eight year old in the studio with me because, lo and behold, they did not have school today and probably justifiably so. Right. So I'd say because. it was Oh, my slippery. gosh, it was a yeah. mess this
5: right. morning.
1: Yeah. It, it, not a major ice storm by any means, but it doesn't take much. You know, we get a little bit of a glaze and that that's the end of the world.
4: Well, so where are we now? Because the temperatures throughout the, uh, the rest of the day have been, I think, hanging mid to upper 30s, and, uh, right. and there might be some glazing in backyards and stuff like that. But what are we looking at for the evening commute, I guess, yeah, is the Yeah, that's thing. the
1: key. We're, we're about 35, 36 right now, though I'm seeing some pockets of 32, 33. We're going to hang around there. So there will still be slick spots on untreated surfaces. So it's like the driveways, the sidewalks the walkways up to your house or to your apartment. Things like that that maybe haven't thrown some salt down on it, they're still going to be a little bit slick. You'll probably see like on your mailbox, that's still a little bit uh, icy. Some some tree limbs probably have a little ice on it. But for the most part, we're coming out of that. However, there's still going to be rain and some freezing rain around this evening. And then it just kind of hangs and dries up a little bit before some more rain moves in. We're, we're above freezing Tuesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, both day and night. So we're out of the deep freeze, but the deep freeze is what helped cause this icing situation this morning because cold air is so much heavier than warm air. So as the warm air came up from the south, it just went over the top of the cold air. So moisture falling through the warm air turns into rain hits the ground, which is below freezing, and that causes the ice. That's the only place ice happens in this situation. It's not happening up in the atmosphere. It's just happening because the ground and things on the ground are below freezing.
5: Huh. I don't think I knew that. I'll tell you what, the worst, what looked the worst was 70 today. We had parts of it shut down between Wentzville and Kingdom City. But even just getting down your own back porch was treacherous.
1: Sure, sure. And, and we all know how well we drive when we get in an icy situation. You know, that you speed up and, and and just try to go as fast as
4: you can.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling especially, you, Especially, by
4: the way, especially if you have bare tires. That's typically, yes, or rear-wheel yes, drive. Better. That seems yes. to be the combination left, right there. I left that out,
1: but that, that just, that adds to the fun.
3: It does. So, Dave, is tomorrow morning going to be the same as this morning
1: no, I think we're going to be okay because the the warm air is going to continue to work its way down through the cold air and and push this cold dome out. So I think we're in pretty good shape for the morning. Yes, temperatures could be around the freezing point, 33, but I don't think we're going to see much in the way of moisture tomorrow morning or really during the day tomorrow. We'll see a little light rain, a little bit of drizzle uh, and that's we're not going to see the kind of steady rain that we saw this morning.
4: Awesome. So that means the annoying little kid that I've standing next to me in the studio right now is going to be in school tomorrow. Is that what you're saying, Dave Marie? In all that's likelihood. That's
1: exactly what I'm saying. Excellent. But you know what? I'm I'm guessing the annoying little kid is saying <laughs> That means I don't have to spend a day with my annoying father. Oh, she would definitely
4: say that. You know what's That's funny is she last night she wanted to go to school, so she's at that age where I think she's not too crazy about missing school, uh, especially because she's missed a lot with, you know, with the holidays and everything. That'll change. Sure, sure. Soon enough that'll yeah. change. All right, listen, thank you for the update, Mr. Dave Murray. We appreciate it. You got it. Bye-bye. In the next hour, we are going to talk just real quickly before Sue's News will uh, get Rock City Fire Chief. Uh, and, I can't, you know, the biggest challenge of the day might be pronouncing the fire chief in Imperial's name, uh, Fred.
3: Winger Mueller. If you just wow. look at the name, Winger look at the name.
4: It's That's a long name. Winger, what is it? Muley. Winger Mueller. I can't even say it. Like It tricks my brain yeah. when I'm trying to look at it. All right, so that's coming up just a little bit later. You know what? I told Fred this earlier on uh, text message. I said, today feels... To me, it felt like a a pandemic day. In other words, a day from early in the pandemic when we were all kind of locked in our house and we had nothing to do and it was boring. I felt like I was kind of back when I was doing the show from my home and stuck with my daughter at home. And then, you know, it just gets tough because you can't really go outside and do things. You can't even go to the store because you don't want to be slipping around. Fred, did you have challenges this morning?
3: Uh, I waited about an hour, but then I came in without a problem.
4: Good, good. And Sue, did you stay home this morning? Or oh, yeah. Yeah, I was I was thinking that she, Sue does have the ability to do the show from her house, and occasionally that would happen, and today was a good day for that. But we're going to talk about all of these things and a whole lot more as we move through the afternoon. Ron DeSantis did get out. I think it was uh, producer emeritus Dave Klein texted me yesterday afternoon, and, his que- and I had not heard anything yet at that point. And he said, hey... Um, are you surprised by DeSantis? Well, at that moment, I, I knew that he had gotten out. My response I didn't even have to Google it. I like, nope. If that's what happened, that's what happened because the writing certainly was on the wall. I mean, between Ron and Nikki, they spent so much money. They just flushed a bunch of money down the toilet. And now Nikki Haley's like, well, we wanted this a two-person race. We have a two-person race, and she's just going to get smoked tomorrow Well, yeah, in, in New Hampshire and then in South Carolina as well. So I don't know what she's hanging on for, but we will talk about it in Charles Lipson. Our friend who is the Professor Emeritus of Political Science at the University of Chicago has written some great stuff over the past uh, years for Real Clear and Spectator World, The Wall Street Journal. He's going to join us in just a few minutes. Um, Mark Harder called me the other day from the St. Louis County Council, told me about something that's happening next week that I thought people would be interested in if you have a Hyundai in particular. You know, those are the cars that were relatively easy for thieves to steal. Oh, yeah. And I do. uh, The Hyundai Corporation. Yeah, Fred, you might even be able to take part in this. The way I understand it, Mark's bringing some folks from the company into town. They're going to set up a tent out at the um, old Chesterfield Mall location, (laughs) and you can drive in there and get retrofitted so your car is not as easy to steal. How about that? That's How about that for a little benefit from from that car
3: company? That's a good use of government.
5: It is. Plus, I don't think thieves can tell the years, right? That's part of the problem. Like, after a certain year, you can't break in as easily and do the whole stealing thing. And people's cars are getting abused because they can't tell what year it is and they break in anyway. My wife had her car
3: retrofitted. And that's also a Hyundai, and they pay, they put a sticker on the window Smart. to let people know this has been retrofitted. To let the yeah.
4: themes know, hey, yeah. don't try this one because we've we figured it out. For those that take the time to read, that is great. All right, well, uh, we got a lot to get to, and I want to I want to start here with something that is likely going to turn into audio cut of the day, and I want to highlight that it's our friend Joy Reid from MSNBC. It's quite quite special because I've talked about this now, and one of the things that annoys me the most, and who was it? Oh, James Fishback last week, Fred, and we had just right. had him on. I think we had him on on Monday. And he did a great column on um, all these books that really have not been banned. And you, you hear this claim that books have been banned, books have not been banned, and we're going to highlight something here that happened on MSNBC with um, a great guest appearance. We've had, I don't think I've ever had her on. I've had some people from Moms for Liberty on the show, but I'm pretty sure we haven't. And maybe, Fred, you know if we have had the um, the person that's featured in this particular story on the air. Uh, what is her name? Tiffany Justice. No. No. This is awesome. All right, so Joy Reid has her on insisting that there are books that are banned throughout the country that really should not be banned. Now, a couple things about that, and you'll hear Tiffany Justice uh, really apply the pressure here. There's no books that have been banned. There there are books that have been removed from elementary school libraries, from— maybe uh, middle school libraries that are just not age-appropriate. What I've said in the past is, look, you you do not have access to adult material that you can find in certain stores. There are movies that you can rent even from the library that they wouldn't rent at a public library, right? So there's there's no banning. There's just appropriateness. And by the way, tax dollars are at work with a lot of this. So Joy starts with this, and she thinks she's going to be real crafty, right? This is what happens. And I give Tiffany a lot of credit for going on MSNBC and not only doing the interview, but the way that she handled this was exceptional because you put something like this in front of a guy like me who's type A and has a lot of anger issues, and we're going to lash out, and then Joy Reid's likely going to be the winner because that's what she's kind of looking for, right? She's, she's looking for some wins here, and you can hear it in her voice. Do
6: um, LG, the LGBTQ parents and parents of LGBTQ kids, do they have parental rights?
0: Every parent, Joy. Every parent means every parent has the fundamental right to direct the upbringing of their children.
6: And liberal parents? Do liberal um,
0: parents have those rights as well? All parents,
4: yeah, sure. so, yeah, so she's kind of setting this up. You know, all parents have the right to do this, right? And then she talks about how, well, wait a second here. It looks like there's just a few groups out there that are filing lawsuits and trying to get these books removed from, you know, school shelves. Why should 13 people get to decide what books tens of
6: thousands of children get to read?
0: Well, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably because those 13 people saw what some of the content was in the books. I mean, explicit Graphic sexual content and I'm happy to talk about some of that content if you if you'd like to
6: well This is the question again The books that are being banned. I want to give you just
0: some. Hold on a a second. Well, no, Joy, but I want to be clear. No uh one's banning books.
4: So this is a catchphrase. They love to do this, and I think Tiffany does a great job. She puts this into very proper context here. Write the
0: book, print the book, publish the book, put the book in the public library, sell the book, right? Uh, We're talking about a public school library. Children Mm -hmm. don't have unfettered access to the Internet at school. Mm -hmm. I did a a FOIA records request, and, and and I wanted to see what kinds of Internet sites are banned in schools, if we're going to talk about banning, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the subject matter in the books that moms are concerned about are the same things that kids don't have access to on the internet. So it, it just feels very hypocritical, right? No, Why is no one out there protesting for, you know, free the internet in
4: schools? That's <laughs> a very good idea. Joy Reid kind of laughs that off. Look, I have my uh, third grader in the studio with me, being very careful with this topic. My mic is on. She can't hear the audio right now, just so the audience knows this. But look, there are things that she is not given access to in my home as a parent and also in school because it is not age-appropriate. So, Joy Reid tries to laugh that off a little bit. (laughs) Ha, 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 yeah, well, okay, how about this?
6: Anne Franks, A Diary of a Young Girl. Mouse, which is a book about the Holocaust, a graphic novel. Gender Queer, a memoir, All Boys Aren't Blue. Beloved, Martin Luther King Jr. and the March on Washington. Ruby Bridges Goes to School. Slaughterhouse-Five, The Color Purple, Forever by Judy Blume. I could go on. These are books That are not only popular, in some cases are classics. Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye.
4: All right, so all boys aren't blue. Uh, Tiffany decides to maybe seize on that one. Let's talk about that book. In counties
6: like Broward, counties like Clay, counties like Escambia, Moms for Liberty activists are using booklooks.com and it's essentially a cliff notes for books. Yeah. So you go through without even having to read the book. I'm going to just hold it up so our audience can see what it looks like. This is the one for All Boys Aren't Blue, which is one of the books Moms
4: for Liberty has. Everyone should ever- go
0: and see the content sure. in this book. That's such a good and idea. So just- yeah,
4: so look, you can hear Tiffany gets excited there because I don't even know if Joy realizes what she's stepping into. She points out that book, All Boys Aren't Blue. She says, look, these people are just going onto this website. They're looking at it. It's like Notes. How can you trust? You don't know the material at all, right? She's trying to play gotcha, and she fails miserably here in a second. You'll hear it. What
6: happens is you can do keyword searches and find certain keywords. Like rape. You can find –
4: yeah, or
0: anal rape
6: or or dildo. You can find all
0: sorts of keywords.
4: Masterclass here by Tiffany because she starts pointing out the words that are used in that particular book. The question I'm asking is what is the expertise – that
6: you have and other Moms for Liberty advocates have to decide that a book, an award-winning book like All Boys Aren't Blue isn't uh-huh. appropriate for students to read. What so do-
4: she starts giving some answers here and what, what the gotcha then becomes, Joy B is like, well, who's the character? Who's the main character in this book? She wants to know if Tiffany can recite the book back to her because she, and, and I understand how this happens because look, as a host, when you're in a line of questioning and maybe it's not working for you, you're going to try to pivot, right? So she's trying to pivot as much as she can here. What, what a mean?
0: tragic story of a young man who's annually raped by his adult family member So mm-hmm. you have incest Rape, pedophilia. Joy, you said you'd let me answer, so sure. I'm going to answer Please for do. you. Um, in what context is a strap on dildo acceptable for public school? Just, let, I mean, that's my question mm-hmm. to you. Tell me what the context around the strap-on dildo, or the rape of a minor child
6: by a teacher. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. Wait, We're talking on. about no, no, public no. school. One, one moment. All right. So now you've asked me questions. Sure. Right, and I'm going to answer it.
4: She doesn't have answers. It's important to know, and I'm actually sitting here embarrassed because I have this audio that's playing, and my eight-year-old daughter is right next to me. I have the microphone on, she has no headphones, so she can't hear that audio. I'd be horrified if she could hear it right now. So that's why we're playing that game the way we are right now. Gives you a good example of why these kids shouldn't have to hear this stuff, right? You're asking me
6: right now. You just gave name? me very specific information about this book, so you're pl- presenting yourself as somebody expert. It's the gentleman. Um, hold on.
0: Who's the main character? The, in the, book? the main character is the author.
6: This is the gotcha game. What's, the, what's his name? George, I believe, is his first because name. Because you're giving me very specific information that is. You're asking me to remember the name of an author. You the just name just of the author very doesn't specific. Joy. Here's my We're question. talking about. Track. My question. You didn't answer my no, no, no. question. I'm going to. I'm going to answer. Great. Your question. I would love to hear that. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm interviewing you and you're not interviewing me. So let's just make sure it's a conversation. Okay. okay great. So what I'm saying to you is that as you are not an expert in this book. I don't or have to, the no, to no, no, aren't One appropriate moment.
4: for public. School. Yeah, I think that's a mic drop moment there. I love Joy Reid does this all the time. I play enough of her audio to know that she loves to do and, and I'm not going to tell you that I haven't done it in the past over the course of my career where you say someone it used to happen with callers that used to think that she could or they could take over the show. I'm like, "Hey, wait a second. My show, not yours." But she does that constantly. When she's losing arguments, she has to throw it back in their face. Well, I get to ask the questions. Well, y- you have to answer some of the questions too. That was a miserable failure wow. on the part of Joy Reid. It was outstanding. It was a gift. Joy Pullman from the Federalists, wrote about that and highlighted it. I thank Joy for that. We might get her on tomorrow. We're going to talk about DeSantis getting out of the race. (laughs) As boring as that is with Charles Lipson coming up. Well, DeSantis gets out over the weekend, throws his um, support behind Trump, throws Nikki Haley under the bus, of course, real fast. We
1: can't go back to the old
7: Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackage formed of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents.
4: Then there's Trump, and he's already ditching. He says, okay, he's out of the race. Don't need to use the nickname anymore. He just said, will I be using the name Ron DeSantis? I said, that name is officially retired. (laughs) It's it's just hard not to laugh. It's really kind of hard not to laugh at the whole situation, I think. You know, when you just look at it uh, overall, Charles Lipson, Professor Emeritus of Political Science at the University of Chicago, writes for Real Clear, Spectator World, The Wall Street Journal. He's with us this afternoon. You can also find him at CharlesLipson.com. How are you, Mr. Lipson? I guess it was just a matter of time, right?
8: Well, I got to tell you, Mark, I really liked that introduction. I felt like a a, a fighter entering the ring with that heavy music and everything. <laughs> And I've got to tell you also that I just drove through Missouri.
4: Why didn't you stop in on us?
8: Well, uh, I, uh, I, I had enough money in my pocket <laughs> to pay for a hotel, so I decided I didn't have to.
4: Sue has plenty of room at her home. She would have gladly put <laughs> you up for the oh, night, yes, Charles. Oh,
8: no well, problem. I didn't know that offer was on the table.
4: Did, were you coming through? You uh, Tell me you didn't come through St. Louis. You were coming through other parts oh, of Missouri. I, didn't.
8: I came through further south have you ever been to lambert's home of the Throed rolls
4: no but of course we know of it i've oh, never wait. been to lambert's but that was that's an iconic place in missouri there used to be uh, billboards
8: oh man it is great you you get a meeting and two and then they come around with literally buckets of food to give you things like fried okra which i consider one of the basic food groups <laughs> <laughs> and,
4: uh, well, that's awesome. Well, we're sorry we missed you, but I'm glad you got down to um, to Sykeston for sure. Let's talk about Ron DeSanctimonious I, I, We can't call him that anymore. Look, the the amount of money. I just want to start on this. Just look at the figures between Desantis and Nikki Haley, and they didn't even put a dent in on Trump during this race. I, I, they they hope for different circumstances, but they bet wrong, didn't they, Charles?
8: They certainly did. I, I uh, as I really uh, thought it over, I, uh, and of course. Uh, uh DeSantis's campaign began on very high with very high hopes because he's been a very not only a strong governor in terms of policy in uh Florida and these have been conservative policies he hasn't uh compromised on much of anything but he really turned a purple state red so you would have thought that that would have been very appealing but as i thought more and more about it i realized that what happened really was not his mistakes, although he made plenty. The real thing was that the party is really Trump's. He transformed it into Trump's party. Once they saw that he was capable on uh, on the platform, when he got back and he got enthused and he was up there, he hadn't lost anything, uh, and uh, they just went right back to him. And I must say, That uh, some of the lawsuits brought against him, especially Alvin Braggs in New York, really consolidated a lot of support because Republicans thought, and I think rightly, that he was being treated unfairly by the courts.
4: And now you have a situation. There's a guy that's going to come on here after 5 o'clock tonight who's been a regular that I know pretty well, Scott Moorfield, who writes for Town Hall. I don't know if you know Scott, but he he jumped off the Trump—well, he was really never a Trump guy. He got on the DeSantis mm-hmm. train very quickly. Here's another guy, Steve Cortez. Steve worked in the Trump administration. Came mm-hmm. out a year ago. I've had Steve on the show. Look, it, the time is now for DeSantis. We've we've been exhausted by Trump. He did a great job as president. we got to move forward. DeSantis is the guy. Well, I I can't speak for Moorfield. I think he's going to probably hold his ground, but Cortez last week came out and said, nope, I'm back to Trump. And and you saw this pressure that was building everything in a weird way, even though it was indictments and negative news in the cycle, everything seemed to fall in the way that helped Donald Trump and his campaign to be president again.
8: I think that's right, except for Trump himself uh, staying on the revenge train. Uh, People don't, first of all, voters are forward looking. They're not backward looking. Secondly, uh whatever you think about the uh 2020 campaign he litigated he didn't win uh that train has left the station and uh people don't want to refight it they want policies that deliver for them and my own view is that the key to the campaign will be who it focuses on if it focuses on Biden he loses if it focuses on Trump he's in more trouble uh to put it differently if either candidate ran unopposed they might lose
5: yeah
4: well so then um what happens with nikki haley right now i mean is this even she she's positioning herself now as i guess this um is now a two-person race well that would be interesting if you had any indication that it really was a two-person race but it really isn't it's just a one-person race so what is she doing i think you
8: got it mark uh the she, if she wins outright if if she wins outright in uh New Hampshire she stays alive for one more primary and she will lose in, in South Carolina and then i think she's out i don't see how you can lose your home state and stay in having lost uh, also in Iowa where she won one county by a single vote and lost the other 98 uh so I think that the issue is that the Republican Party has moved on. Uh, I I don't know that I would damn her completely as this corporatist figure, but uh, she is a more centrist, George H.W. Bush-type figure. The party has been reshaped uh, by uh, Trump. And uh, Haley simply doesn't uh, fit into that. Her strongest argument, Mark, was that Trump can't win, uh, but that she can because she can bring across independents and Democrats. That argument is actually a strong and a good one. But Republicans... Uh, were less inclined to buy it once they thought Trump himself might win because they, they preferred his policies. It's just that they might not have gone with him if they thought Uh, he he wouldn't win. Right. But
4: I still have. So let's kind of fast forward, because you and I and me and a bunch of other folks, we've all been talking about this. Is it really going to be Trump and and Biden? And now it looks like it's going to be Trump and Biden. So then you have a general election, which I guess is eight months away or however long it's going to take to get here. And the country is exhausted by both these guys. Nobody seems to really want them as their candidate. But if those are our choices, then those are our choices. Then the question becomes, can he win the general? Certainly the polling indicates, and it's funny, I said this the other day, Charles, the polling, Trump hates the polling when it doesn't favor him. But when it favors him, he's all about the polling. The polling kind of indicates that he can win this on a national election basis right now. But... The election is in November, and they're going to throw everything they can at him between now and then, and maybe a couple of uh, guilty uh, verdicts in court as well. So what what are your thoughts right now as far as can he get across the finish line, and how much will the support that's out there with independents maybe be there if there are guilty verdicts, et cetera, moving forward?
8: I think right now I'd rather take an even-up bet on him than on Biden. But I don't think it's a sure bet at all. Um and uh, the, the first of all, I think that they'll throw a lot of the Gene Carroll stuff at him um, because uh, they want to bring across suburban women into the Democratic uh, fold. I think Biden, Biden uh, is very vulnerable on inflation the and border. the border. Yes. And I do not understand why they are fighting so hard to do things like clip the the razor wire in Texas, this is just a terrible look. And the fact that Majorcas could be impeached will mean that, Repu- that Democrats in the Senate have to vote on, on, uh, to keep a failing border policy, and so will Democrats in the House. And that, that's going to, to hurt them. The good news for Biden could be if the economy turns up. If the economy turns up, that's a real strong point for him.
4: So you mentioned this razor wire thing, the breaking story this afternoon. I don't know. I don't have a good grasp of the details of this case, but here's what happened just about an hour, 90 minutes ago. The Supreme Court actually sided in a very narrow decision, 5-4 this afternoon, with the Biden administration and cleared the way for the Border Patrol agents to remove the razor wire that the Texas officials installed along this busy stretch of the southern border until – Everything is resolved in court. So I, I don't even know exactly what that means, and I'm not sure exactly why. It was Amy Coney Barrett and the, the chief that kind of crossed over with the liberals on this court. Do you have a better grasp of that case and what it was all about, Charles? Because it just broke here a little while ago.
8: Uh, I haven't read the decisions, but I, I think that the basic argument uh, on behalf of the Biden administration is that the federal government alone is in charge of immigration the basic argument against them is that they aren't doing the job. Yeah. I mean, not even close. They're not even trying. And um, and uh, the idea that they want to send in their own agents to clip the wire that's doing the job it, it is a real problem, I think, for them politically. It's a problem for the country. There are two big problems, right? One is a lot of fentanyl is coming across, and that's hitting the whole country. And the second thing is that relatively small numbers of immigrants are coming up from the southern border uh, to northern uh, cities, and uh, they're nothing compared to the numbers coming into places like El Paso, but they're too much for New York and Chicago and Denver. And I don't know uh, what it's like in St. Louis, but for the first time, I'm seeing Hispanic beggars in downtown Chicago and in local uh supermarket parking lots i'd never seen that before i'd never seen Hispanic beggars before, and I'd certainly never seen them in these numbers and in these locations uh This is a problem, yeah. Uh, for the administration, it's a problem for the country.
4: It is. And what's interesting, because in Chicago in particular, you've seen, I've played some of the audio, and seen some of the video of people who are taxpayers, African-Americans in particular, they're just livid with some of the treatment that the uh, migrants are getting over the people who pay taxes. Charles, I'm going to go, because i got other people this afternoon, but stay on top of everything. We appreciate your insight, as always, and have a great week. You too, my right. friend. It's Charles Lipson. You can find him at charleslipson.com. Let me give you a little bit more detail. This case this afternoon caught me off guard. So the... Um, the state of Texas and Greg Abbott, the the Republican governor, mobilized National Guard troops. And they went and lined the banks of the Rio Grande near Eagle Pass with razor wire to try to block the invasion. Right. So the, the Fed said that, you know, let's go back to 10 days ago with this ridiculous claim from that Friday night when the woman and the two migrants died. Right. right. Well, the Fed's are saying, look, you have U.S. Border Patrol agents who are trying to do their job and the state of Texas is preventing them from doing their job. The law, as I've indicated before, is very particular. So what they did here is Texas sued the administration to prevent the agents from removing or cutting the wire. The federal government says that prevents the agents from reaching the migrants who have entered into U.S. territory, maybe in dangerous situations. In the case that I just talked about, the woman and her kids had already died. But remember, they say, well, there's others that are in the water there. So in October, a district judge signs with Texas— finding that the barriers limit illegal crossings that impose costs on the state. The lower court denies the state's request to block Border Patrol agents. Texas appeals the ruling to the Court of Appeals. Bear with me here. Uh They issue a temporary order prohibiting the Border Patrol agents from cutting, damaging, or removing the barriers. The Biden administration says the Supremes need to get involved in an emergency emergency basis, and that's exactly what they did here, and they sided with the Biden administration. So all the particulars and why that happened, and why Amy Amy Coney Barrett and um, Chief Justice Roberts signed with the four, or sided with the four liberals, I don't know all the particulars of that constitutionally, but we're going to try to find out. We'll get that to you this afternoon. Well, it's not often that I, like, laugh out loud at another host's promo uh, that I just read. I'm not laughing at Mark. I'm just laughing at the notion that it's still a race in the Republican presidential contest because it's not does anyone really care fred are we going to cover the new hampshire primary tomorrow oh yeah i'd skip over it if i were you i don't <laughs> really, I, I don't see the need to let's just skip to november at this point we can gloss over Ah, maybe we'll cover the convention stuff in the summer we'll see if we can do that um mark carter is with us this afternoon Louis county councilman he communicated with me last week something i felt like the uh, the audience especially you fred yeah might benefit from because you have uh, a hyundai mark carter how are you this afternoon happy monday to you
7: Hey, Mark. Hey, Fred. Hi,
4: hi there. Well, tell us about what's going on. There's there's something, and this goes into next week, right around February 1st. You're going to have some folks from that particular car company that has been unfortunately known in recent years for their cars being stolen pull into the Chesterfield Mall for a bit of a clinic. Right, Mark?
7: Yeah, for all your listeners, uh, and we'll get some more information out there as we get closer. But I've arranged to have the Hyundai Motor, Motor Company come to Chesterfield Mall on the 1st. 2nd, and 3rd of February, and they will be there. They have a traveling uh, car-fixing clinic, whatever you want to call it, and they have big tents they set up, and people can come. It's first come, first serve. Uh, It's free, and they can get their car fixed with the new um, electronic patch that is being put on the Hyundai cars to uh, make them more difficult to steal.
4: Do, so, do you just have to have anything as far as information? You have to make an appointment, or how's this going to work?
7: No, you just show up. Uh, it, they'll be uh, doing these probably from eight to at least eight to six, and uh, you'll uh, queue up. and uh, It takes about fifteen minutes to have the work done. It may take a little bit longer when you're in the queue, uh, so plan you know maybe an hour, hour and a half total. And there'll be places, uh, warm places, where you can sit and watch TV and and uh, oh, while God. your car listen is being the, worked listen, on,
4: <clears throat> listen to the radio. I think is what you meant to say. <laughs> just correct. Just quick correction yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. Meant. Well, yeah, that,
7: that exactly. Too. Um, exactly. And so, uh, uh, and and listen to your podcast. So, uh, yeah, there'll be that, and uh, and they'll be able to hopefully put this new fix on there, and they will be giving out the steering wheel clubs as well. So, if somebody wants to make sure. Their car doesn't get stolen no matter what. Uh, between the electronic fix and the uh, and the club, uh, that car isn't going anywhere.
5: Hey, Mark, it's Sue. I'm wondering, uh, there are certain years for Hyundais that fall in this category. Are you worried about that? Or you're just going to, you know, if I pull up in one that's not 2015 to 2021, can I still get a club?
7: Yeah. Um, yes, they will. They will have those. Uh, they're going to focus on 2011 to 2022 model, and uh, they, will, uh, they will advise you on, you know, if the fix is there. And if it's not, you will get a club for free and uh, um, maybe be directed. If it's a more complicated fix, you may be directed to a dealer. But for the most part, um, they've pretty much uh, fixed these about 95% of the cars that come through, they're able to fix right there on the spot. And get these things taken care of, but this hopefully will take a lot of easy uh, to steal Hyundai's off the off the uh, street. When it comes to uh, car thefts, uh, Kia has been doing a similar type of thing, and I'm hoping to get them here at some point in time to do the same thing. But um, about 50 to 60 percent of the cars being stolen this last year, uh, by make and model, have been either Kia or Hyundai. So if we can make a dent and make these cars uh, a lot harder to steal, uh, that's going to affect our numbers uh, greatly in the the region. Hey, Mark,
3: this is Fred. This is really good for me because I drive a 2015 Tucson Hyundai, and I have not yet had it retrofitted. My my wife drives a 2016 Elantra, and she already went to the dealer to get it done. But I don't want to spend a whole day leaving my car to get it done. So this is really convenient. I can just go out there and have it done while waiting.
7: Right, right. And uh, and they're, they're, they, uh, they've got it down to a science when it comes to getting these things fixed. It's electronic fix. They plug it in. Uh, their uh, laptop's there below your uh, steering wheel. They plug it in, they reprogram it, and um, you're pretty much out of there in, in 10 to 15 minutes. So um, it's, this is a good thing. And we need to see it. See more of it. All right. So,
4: information before I let you go here. Where where can people just because it's next week? Can they find it on the county's website or on your website if they want to look into this?
7: Just uh, pay attention to the the media. Just uh, plan on showing up (laughs) there again. That's risky, especially on this radio station. Thank you. you. um, And on your show specifically, but they will. We'll have a press conference on the first about it. And it will be on the, all the local channels, and then uh, they'll start awesome. working on cars the second and third.
4: Great, Mark. You, uh, oh, so thank you show up. Thank you for the information. I think it is going to be to Fred's point. People that don't have time to spend, you know, the whole day and get a car, they can, you know, zip in there and listen to the Mark Reardon show and get out of there quickly. But keep us posted on any changes. Thank you, Mark Carter. We'll do. All right, take care. Another option, though. I always like options. Yes, so you for know that. Sure. So let me just see, Fred. You could take your car. Is it paid off? That's really none of my business. But you could (laughs) take your car. Okay. Because, you know, car values are actually not too bad these days, right? I don't know if you remember the story. My son told his car a few years ago, and I thought I was going to get nothing. And, oh, my God, we got, like, a check out of that deal. It ended up being a win-win. What if you parked your car in front of Sue's house because she lives in the city? And you leave it there for a few days and then see what happens. Sue. That was rude, wasn't it? Well, I was just thinking if it was your house, he can spend a little time with you. You can Uh keep an eye on it. You can say, hey, Fred, your car's been stolen. I just want to say, (laughs) park on the street for years on my street. It's not a problem. All right. Mm -hmm. Hey. I wasn't taking a shot at the city, Sue. Far be it from oh, me. Oh, you were to taking talk a about shot the at the city me
5: and the city. Yeah, maybe and, that was it. I yeah,
4: don't know. I we'll talk. Both. Hey, the number one story of the day, I don't think anyone can argue with this. Who's going to argue with me about violence in the city and crime in the city? Is the fire truck that did the 180 down in Imperial this morning? We got the fire chief from that fire department rock community coming up right before Sue's news.
2: Get more at 971talk.com.